Hello, I'm Fiona Ritchie. My mother moved in with me a few years ago as she needed a little help to remain independent because she was losing her eyesight. My observational musings are the reason I remain sane. This is my weekly diary, so you know what shenanigans we've been getting up to. Anyway, I needed to get a strong box to pack my friend's birthday gift, and Mum suggested I pop into a supermarket as they're bound to have some they don't need. Thank you, Sherlock. A few days later, I mentioned this again while we were driving to the park, and she casually asked me what size box. It needs to be quite robust, about five foot four long, by three foot wide and two foot deep, some handles on the side, and suitable to fit in the hole in the patio. She thought this seemed overly large for two decanters and not particularly practical to be buried in the garden. Meanwhile, I hummed a tune. It was another day for an appointment, but this time at Addenbrooke's. As usual, it was a fraught morning because Mum didn't want to go, regardless of how important it was to be seen by her consultant, Mr Baldwin. Despite being blind, Mum does like to make an effort and relies on me to ensure she's properly colour coordinated. She has some fancy pants powder makeup that she can apply herself. However, she does ask me to draw on her eyebrows. I can be dastardly when I do this simple task. She asked me to remind her when it was quarter past 10, we were planning to leave at 10.30, so she could get finally organised. While I was thinking of how to finally organise her, the landline rang and someone asked me if I was interested in a new boiler. I explained politely that I had two boilers, thank you, one for the heating and hot water and one I was just about to take to hospital. It was then that Mum asked me to retrieve a pair of black shiny shoes from her bedroom floor. I asked what she meant by shiny. You'd think I'd learn. Apparently, these weren't highly polished, but patent shiny shoes. And as there was only one pair among the 60 pairs strewn randomly across the floor, I took my chances and grabbed them. You didn't touch any of those other shoes, did you? They're placed exactly where I need them to be. I suggested that if she knew where they were, she could have picked them up herself. Apparently, this wasn't helpful. She went on to explain that these particular shoes had a high heel and therefore when she got weighed and measured she would be much taller because she had flatter shoes on last time. Just bear with me. There were no hold-ups and we arrived at the clinic via the lavatory at 5 to 12 for a 12 o'clock appointment. Having identified ourselves to the receptionist we were told to take a seat and that the consultant was running about half an hour late. I reluctantly shoved a seat right up next to her because I had said I would read the newspaper to her. Within five minutes, her name was called. I waved my hand and a bright, cheery, charming woman made her way over to us, explaining she needed to take mum's height and weight. She didn't say where she was taking them, but as long as she took her, I didn't care. Luckily, I wasn't needed, so I set about the crossword. This measuring malarkey took about two minutes. I'd only got as far as four across. Smooth wooden or metal club used in the sport of baseball to hit the ball after it is thrown by the pitcher. I love these sorts of clues as they give me so many good ideas. Anyway, after much toing and froing, she slumped back beside me. Well, something must have gone wrong there. According to the nurse, I'm only five foot one and seven stone eight. I was five foot three six weeks ago. But you didn't have your hearing aid in last time. 
I doubt if you shrunk two inches. I mean, there'll be nothing to you by December if you keep disappearing at this rate. I got a look. Well, I got an eyebrow. Her mask had slipped up her face and the devil in me had only penciled in the one eyebrow on mum that morning. Half an hour later, mum's name was called and we were guided to Mr Baldwin's office and I sat mum down. There was no Mr Baldwin. Hello, Mrs Ritchie. My name is Dr Lopez. I've been a fellow to Mr Baldwin for the past six years and I'm standing in for him as he's had a family emergency to attend to. I stood to leave, obviously leaving mum in situ. What? said mum in her most gracious manner. I'm Dr Lopez and representing Mr Baldwin today, Mrs Ritchie. I got as far as turning the handle when he asked me to come and sit back down. Dr Lopez had a Spanish dialect. I was just wondering what I'd done to deserve this, aside from the baseball back clue, when Dr Lopez explained what he planned to do and it was better mum was seen by him than not at all. Ten minutes later he returned, saying he'd taken a photograph to show the problem to Mr Baldwin and would get back to me as soon as it had been reviewed. Mum eventually reappeared and I noticed her coat wasn't done up. I need my coat done up. Let's just get away from all these people so I can smash you across the head with a spade. Sorry, so I can give you a hand. But it needs doing up before we leave the hospital. We're at least 100 yards from the main entrance, Mum, so I'm sure we can find a quiet place while I do it for you. 50 yards in, I attached the back of her coat to a hook on the wall and left her there. Sorry. I leant her against a wall and buttoned her up very tightly. Back in the car, we were both quiet for the first 20 minutes. I didn't understand a word he said. I mean, he was talking to me. I had no idea what was going on or what he was doing. I mean, he's not even qualified, she exclaimed. He's a fellow, Mum. We're talking highly trained, personally overlooked by Mr Baldwin, who's probably the best consultant in his clinical field in the UK. So now I need someone to volunteer to fetch Mum, as I've just had a call from Adam Brooks telling me someone has got to unhook her from the reception wall as she's beginning to upset some patients and apparently she needs to pee.